And with that, good evening, lunatics. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023, and we are back with you for another exciting, fun-filled episode of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Oh, hang on. I'm going to unmute TikTok. Hey, TikTok. We are live now with everybody. All right. Howdy, TikTok. Um, We're we're going to... Well, we'll give you the teaser. If you stay around to the end, Larry is going to begin his QuickBooks training segments that he's going to do periodically. Oh, that is a fact. That's true fact. We're going to tonight. So we're going we're gonna to do that at the end. So y'all get ready. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're probably going to hurt a lot of feelings because uh, I am – my ass is war – Plum out. I've been working three days uh, on a truck rehab that has been, um, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, for like outlined or whatever on TikTok, um, documented on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just tired, tired as hell. And that mean you're going to be cranky and grumpy? Well, you know, I get you. I could be a little cranky. I was actually cranky thinking about this topic that we're going to talk about tonight because, you know, after the third day of of my everything hurting, um, just from you know, not only the the mental um, exercise and and fatigue from you know and be a fleet manager and then crawling around and under and on top of this truck. And watching these narcissistic communist bootlickers um, crying and whining about um, how the Congress has, has got to fix all their problems. Because, of course, none of it is their fault. They didn't have anything to do with it. They are pure as the driven snow. And so it just made me think about all of the fleets like us, fleets that have their own authority, people that are just working hard trying to provide a service. And here are these narcissistic bootlickers communists they're straight up communists they want to overturn the motor carrier act of 1980 which basically makes everything we do illegal and it makes everything they do illegal they're so they're so stupid and ignorant they can't figure out that they're trying to you know put it to their own head and pull the trigger um uh, and and of course they just blame everybody it's the bl- it's the shippers and it's the brokers and and it's everybody's fault and what this comes down to is that truck drivers are terrible business people. And that's why we titled this episode this tonight, because, you know, when I saw this national shutdown, I saw it about a week and a half ago or so, um, you know, we're all going to shut down November 1st until 395 whatever is enforced. And that's the broker transparency. They want access to information that they have no Zero moral obligation to have none. Um, you know, come if you if you came to me um, and tried to use the the might and power of the federal government to get me to open my books and show them to you because you say so, I'm gonna tell you to piss off. It's none of your fucking business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then I started seeing the different characters, and my favorite, oh my favorite is this one who was mad because Mother Trucker on YouTube and TikTok 
wasn't covering their hissy fit. And so he has a big screenshot of an email that he sent to Mother Trucker calling him out for not covering this. <laughs> so Mother Trucker finally does a video about it, and it turns out his dipshit sent it to the wrong email address. <laughs> hey, I got a technical question for you real quick. Go ahead. Off the subject. My mouse cursor has jumped over to my iPad, and I can't get it back to my desktop. Okay, just imagine that your, that your iPad is on one or the other side, so just move far to the left or move far to the right, and it'll come back to you. Son of a bitch. All right, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I was trying to move it to the right where my desktop was, but it was actually on the left. My okay. mother-in-law the other night was asking me, she's like, uh, she's like, do they make a little small printer? You know, I, I print out like one document a month, a little small one. And so I go to Amazon, they're like 150 bucks. And I'm like, right, right. I'm like, there's a $39 printer at Walmart. It's 39 bucks. This one, you, this little tiny one is like 150. I'm like, I'd probably go with the $39. And I said, now, just, just be aware. They're kind of a pain in the ass to set up. And she's like, well, that's not a problem because you're going to be doing that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Forgot about that well, part, yeah. Well, on that subject, we, we, you know, our remodel, by the way, we're two weeks. We're two weeks out. They're supposed to finish with the punch list next week mm. and send the cleanup crew the week after that. Oh, but So our big TV got delivered last week. <laughs> this yeah. week, actually. This week. And I'm telling you, brother, it's like this, it's like a, I mean, it, it, it's like being in a spaceship, you know, all the stuff it can do. And I have no chance of being able to operate that without you coming over here and spending many, many hours. Uh, <clears throat> also, oh, by the way, I have got the, I've got the, the bourbon bar. I've got it starting to be set up. Mm, so, okay. Um, do you, I'm sure yeah. you remember back in the late eighties. When we first got VCRs, Richie, a VCR is a is a device in which you would play a television show or a movie off of a cassette tape. Right. Um, when we first got video, what was it? Video VCR, video cassette recorder. Mm -hmm. um, there was two. There was two kinds. There was beta, beta, and there and was um, VHS, VHS. Yeah, and. The very first one that we had just had little buttons on the front of it that you would push. And somewhere around 1989, we got on-screen programming, which was life-changing, okay, that you yeah, could sit yeah. in a recliner and, and push the buttons to record your 8 o'clock television show. Dude, trying to get my mother um, to program that was at the seventh level of hell. Um, to to program all her her shows, she her soap operas and stuff during the day while she's at work. God Almighty, um, that's what I've got to look forward to when it, I have to come program your television. Audio is clipping. <clears throat> okay, let me make a small. See, I had to, I had to make a, I had to make an adjustment. Damn, I, I'm getting hate already. I got a junk iPad. That was a re my problem. I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna drop this down. Somebody's already already hating on my iPad. All right, I have made an audio adjustment by 1.5 decibels. So see if that helps you with the clipping. Um, 
<laughs> Some comments in this live were filtered to protect the community's experience. See I TikTok, see those. TikTok. God, I wish y'all would let me see those. Yeah, I wish I, I, could. I, I so desperately want to see the the comments that were filtered to protect the community because I bet the, I bet this community would get a kick out of them. Um, so, is it our comments that were filtered, or are no? It's hers. No people that have commented on the live. Uh, oh, dang! Yeah, have we got a, have we got like a private line they can comment on? Let us know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I set up that t- I set up that text message number, but you can't give it out on TikTok or they'll shut the live down. Uh, I got you, but yeah. Uh, well, send, hey, send us an email: brlspodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah. If your comment got got filtered, please, send it to us, okay, email. Please, it to us. please send us an email. Just click the link in the bio. Yeah, we'd love we'd love to see them. We we love hate. <clears throat> hate hate's good. So. Um, well, I mean, we're going to get around to it sooner or later, but here's a guy. Here's a guy. Uh, the story of the TQL driver getting oh. paid. He says he has a story. So how are we going to let him tell the story? No, wait a minute. Uh, <clears throat> where's this at? On TikTok. Oh, no. The, it's the – It's the. did you not see this? This guy showed yeah, up. I, at, I did see it, but he said he has a story about it. He says, did you all see the story? Oh, I got you. Okay. Oh, he says, I have a story about that. Well, yeah, he has a story about it. Well, send us an email. Okay. Um, Because I don't have the patience or the ability to figure out how to bring people on, and then you wouldn't see them on YouTube. So we're not bringing people in. Anyway. Right. So the guy spray paints the side of his trailer. What? Let's be honest. He spray painted the side of the bank's trailer that said, <laughs> Something like TQL pay me eight thousand owes me eight thousand dollars pay me now, um, and and of course got big press. You know it was um, it it, it, got, it got attention, which is sure. the point. Yeah. Um, you know I I feel like if you just if you just looked at these clowns, the the National Owner Operator Association by themselves, I mean the the chief. The, the chief guy, the CEO or president or whatever he calls himself, Boston, mm-hmm. dude's got a YouTube channel with like 12 subscribers. You know, so nobody, if it was just that, nobody would know who these fools are. They, they've got this 40,000 member, allegedly 40,000 member group, a Facebook group. That's just a big echo chamber. Um, The problem is... I see the same sentiment everywhere. And it and and unfortunately it speaks to the average intelligence and education of of Americans. Um uh, that people just don't understand they have absolutely no understanding of history. They have no understanding of economics. They have no understanding of business and so there, it's just this emotional outburst. Look, I get that y'all are struggling. I recognize that you're struggling. I empathize with your struggle. Okay, I get it. It's hard. Um, I saw a guy today. Well, my fuel mileage is a, a dollar a mile. Ours is almost half that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the time I make my truck payment and my trailer payment, um, uh. I don't have any money left. Well, welcome to business, right? 
Your revenue minus your expenses is is the profit. And if there's no profits, you don't get paid. And so if you set up a business such that when there is a shift in the market and you can't survive, that is your singular problem. We're not going to go to Congress because I don't want you. I do not want these clowns, again, communist bootlickers, going before the Congress, demanding that Congress fix stuff. Because every time I've ever seen Congress fix stuff, God help us. Um, yeah. I can only remind you of the ELD when you... Right. Okay. Yeah, what, what I mean, <clears throat> the, the idea, the lunacy, the absolute lunacy of the idea that the people that cause the problem are also going to fix the problem. I'm not really sure how that works. But these guys are... By and large, um, they're clowns, uh, they're bootlickers, they're communists, um, they, they despise liberty, they despise freedom, they hate the free market, um, they hate anybody <clears throat> that succeeds, uh, they, uh, they do anything and everything they can to absolve themselves of any personal responsibility, um, and, and it's just blame and blame and blame and blame and blame. Yet here we are, supposedly running for the worst carrier in America. Well, we don't really count because we don't have our own numbers, but yet we make a profit every day, and we're going to be in business long after these bootlicking clowns are gone. I don't know if you caught this, but one of the comments today in that group something about if you come to this group, here's the things we do and here's what we support. Here's what we hang our head on. And one of them was the labor movement. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, you all are not labor. Movement. You're, if you're owner, you're, you're management, you're owners. Okay. Um, the, the, the last thing that you, you know, you need to be supporting is the labor movement. No, <laughs> uh, it just goes to show you that they can't separate themselves from being employees. No, they think the UAW is hung the moon. That's this whole, the whole motivation about the shutdown is because of the success of the UAW thing. Uh, but that's a different kind of deal. You know, those are employees, you know, um, these guys are business owners wanting to be in the labor movement. Um, so I mean, right away, they're just, they don't understand their identity. They no. can't figure out who they are. No, <clears throat> they want to be owners, but they want to be employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they want to be they they want the 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 riches and the benefits of self employment, but yet they want to act like in they want to act like slaves um, that that have all of these protections. There is no protection in business. That's why it's such a hustle. I saw a great little TikTok. It was it was a guy talking about restaurants in Atlanta, and of course his thing was just about black owned. Uh, he was a black guy, and he was he was talking about you know them having their own thing, and and he said the problem is everybody thinks just because you can cook you can you can run a restaurant, and that's not true. Have you have you have you ever run a business before? Have you ever been in business? No, just because you can cook can't make you can't mean doesn't mean you can run a restaurant, and just because you can drive a truck, um, doesn't mean doesn't mean you can own one. You yeah. can own one. Because uh, uh, listen, owning and operating trucks is difficult. It comes with a lot of risk, comes with a lot of reward. There's a lot of reward in it if you do it right, but there's an incredible amount of risk, and then just the baseline risk, and then they pile risk on top of risk on top of risk on top of risk, on top of 
And then when it all goes by, oh, gosh, well, you know, who's going to save me? Congress. Um, Congress needs to pass a law. Um, I, I, it, just, it just baffles me. Um, we are all about people getting into business, uh, especially me. I, I mean, I, I believe there's no, there's no greater level of freedom that you'll ever achieve than being self-employed. Um, but if you do it wrong, it's not freedom. It's slave. It's a worse slavery uh, that it's self-inflicted. You know, it's it's putting the chains on yourself, and never once stopping to ask who benefits. Well, I'm not going to run them old trucks. Okay, who benefits? The bank, the leasing company. Uh, who benefits when you sign up for a? Uh, what was the other one I heard the other day? Uh, $1,400 a week truck payment from Schneider Finance or Prime or whoever. And I love how these these fools come in our comment section and try to justify leasing a truck. It's hilarious. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm doing Yeah, I know you're doing it, but you're like a, a baby that's sitting in a diaper full of stinky, smelly shit. Uh, well, I mean, I, I know it's... I know it stinks, but it's warm and it's mine. Yeah, it's my shit. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, you know, and and look, I mean, you listen. If you look at one of those lease ads on Facebook, the algorithm starts throwing all of them at you. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. You know, I think I sent you one. It was just a, basically a rental. You didn't own the truck. It was a rental. I think that was the fourteen hundred dollars a week you're talking about. It was a rental. It wasn't a lease purchase. You can only get never own the truck. Did you um, see the one? This was just an individual. I screenshot it. It was so good. 2020 International renting it out for $800 a week. I saw that. Yeah. And yeah. down below it was the gold where the guy goes, well, man, I'm only paying $400 more a month for, than that for, for a W-9. For a W-9. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God almighty. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, Larry, Larry said it so many times. Uh, coming into this business in 1997 when trucks were trucks and men were men. Listen, I was a trucker's trucker. You know, I love, I still love big hoods. I still love all that stuff. All right. But I'm not in this business anymore for me. Um, when it was all about me, hell yes. The longer the hood, the better. Give me a 400 inch wheelbase. I don't care. Um, but that's when it that's that's when it was uh, all about me. Now it's all about my customers, uh, about my family. You know, I, I want to bring maximum value to my family. Well, bringing maximum value to my family is not going to happen with me paying thirty six hundred dollars a month to impress people at stoplights that I wouldn't like if I met them, so I can drive a W nine. Uh, you know, uh, it's just, I'm sure who do cash drivers fail in most of these jobs? I don't even know. Um, but you, you got, mm. you got to avoid these charlatans that are going to tell you, um, well, just follow me and I'll get somebody to fix your life for you. No, that's not what you're going to get here. What, you, what you're going to get here is you're going to get punched in the mouth, and we're going to tell you the only person that's ever going to save you is you. 
your education, well, your dedication, your work ethic. We, we can we and we've said this more many many times, but like we can sum this up really easy. People that are that are complaining right now in trucking are people that don't they just don't know business. They they just don't understand. You know, they blame everything except the right people because everything that they think is wrong is not wrong. It's just how it's how the market is, and the and the, the their ways of fixing it would destroy it for the future. You know what they want to get fixed right now. They will hate in a year from now when they've survived this. And now all these limitations they've put on everybody are now on them, you know, um, because once you open that door, there's, you know, you, you can't go back through it again. And, uh, you know, putting, putting caps on what brokers make and all this kind of stuff that they think is going to fix their problem. And let me, and let me remind you something else, you know, Convoy is a pretty big outfit. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, it's public, it's public knowledge that they had a 7% operating margin. Okay, seven percent. Mm -hmm. We've been telling everybody the average broker makes fifteen percent. They're making half that. Okay, and they went out of business because they were leveraging that with nine percent loans or more. <laughs> so um, you know, this they think that they're getting screwed by people that they're probably not getting screwed. And I'm sure there's probably charlatan here or there, mm -hmm. but in general, that's not their problem. Um, and uh, and and they think that they're going to fix their problem by taking money away from another legitimate business that they don't think needs to be there, but they would never be able to fill their shoes because they never served the, cu the customer. So it's uh, they, they go get a direct customer and then within two weeks they'd lose it because they wouldn't treat them like a customer. So all this, you know, belly aching and complaining from all these guys is only because they just don't understand how business works. Don't have know? a clue. And they, and don't, they, and they don't know how learn. to drive a truck and they think they're entitled to all this because they know how to drive a truck. <clears throat> you know, that's yeah. the sad part about it. Is there that they, they and that's why they want to back the labor movement because they 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 think that they are the labor movement. Well, in business, you're not the labor movement. Okay, you're the management. You know, you hire people that are in the labor movement. <clears throat> so I don't. It's it's frustrating to me because it's the same thing over and over again, and it's people that they listen. All these guys have they need they need to go back and be. Employees. That's what they want to be. They want entitlement. They want all this stuff. They want, you know, they want a a, a union. You know, uh, they want all these things. Well, go be a go be an employee and get all of it. You know, mm -hmm. and then that would make everybody else happy too. So, <clears throat> well, here here's a question on TikTok. Lars Fadness just started driving. I want to buy my own in a year. Is it better to own my own trailer or uh, or operate for someone? Um. Lars, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you have no business experience, I need you to spend the next year reading every business book you can find. Um, I need you to make sure that you can drive a manual transmission. I need you to make sure that you have not gotten uh, lumped into 21st century slavery of an automatic transmission restriction. Um I want you to I want you to take a trip sometime where you leave your cell phone in your car and grab a map and go drive 500 miles and if you can make it back um, without using a GPS. Um, whether or not to have your own trailer is a mathematical question. We don't have our own trailers because we like having the the option to drop and hook. Um, we would lose a lot of money. We would not have 
I'm pretty confident in saying we would not have a $3.30 per loaded mile average for 2023 if we did not do drop and hook freight because that's all contract stuff. So we exchange a portion of the revenue for the use of the trailer. But that's a mathematical question. The real question is, number one, why do you want to be in business? Because everybody says, I'm going to buy a truck. I wish y'all would say, I'm going to start a business. I'm, I, w- I want to believe that there would be different synapses firing in your brain. If you'll say the words, I want to go start a business rather than I want to go buy a truck. Because for okay. some reason, you y'all can't. Too, Chris. Go ahead. Instead of going to a leasing company or anything to do with trucking, <clears throat> go to your bank. Go to your bank and tell them what you want to do. Yeah. If they sign off and loan you money, then you're in good shape. You, you probably need to be in business. But if they tell you you're crazy and take a hike, then you know that you have no business being in business. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to understand, trucking lets you get in business for a reason. Because those guys make more off selling or leasing you trucks, renting you trucks, loaning you trucks for money than they do hauling freight. It's oh, profitable yeah. to them. They don't care about you. Mm-hmm. They can care. We we talked to a guy this week. I mean, he's probably the first guy in a long time we talked to actually finish the lease. But he was a hard working, driving, disciplined guy that mm-hmm. realized he got in over his head, but he wasn't going to give up. And he got and he finished the lease. But most people don't. Most people can't do it. I mean, I read them every day. You know, there's one I'm reading one right now where this lady's used all of her husband's credit cards up. You know, because she wanted to be in business. And now what am I going to do? You know, she's asking this Noah group for, for advice. John you should see me. how that's going. <clears throat> but, you know, you just because you can drive a truck and just because you can go lease one doesn't mean you should. As a matter of fact, most of the time you should not. Uh, because people don't go in business that have no money, no cash, no credit, no experience. That's, not how, that's why so many people fail in this business. They have no business being in business. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it, but do, get yourself ready to do it. Prepare yourself to do it. Save some money, you know, learn business, you know, and business is not shifting the gears and hitting the dock. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself. And then when you're ready to do it, do it the right way and you'll succeed. But when all these people do it the way that most of the industry does it, well, I'm going to try this one out. You know, I, I just got my sixth lease purchase. I think this and here might be different. I might have a different output. No, it's not. They're all the same. We've now seen, I guess this will be <clears> the third. Um, we've now seen three people do leases and work incredibly hard and pay the trucks off. Two of them are no longer in business. Um, <clears throat> now, <clears throat> for, for I, w- I want y'all to think about this for a minute. Whenever the news media uses percentages to tell you things, um, always remember that there's an equation to get to that number. I can tell you that there are three people that I've met that have paid off a lease. Two of them have failed. So I could say 66% fail, right? Yeah. I could I can play with that number. Um now the third one is yet to be determined uh, what his outcome's going to be. Um he's going to come out pretty good. The other two have not come out well. And 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 one of those 
Well, had, he had, say that, but he, but he, but he's gonna he's he's paid two hundred thousand dollars for a truck. Well, right, down, right, you know. So, <clears throat> um, but what he just said in the comments that it, my SFI lease cost me over two hundred thousand, and I'm selling for forty thousand. That's real world numbers. So he paid one hundred sixty thousand dollars for the use of that truck while he had it. Um, this this <clears throat> truck that I'm rehabbing right now. Um, is going to be on the road for less than 50, maybe less than 40. We'll have to see how the numbers all come out. Um, and I promise you it's going to be a whole hell of a lot more truck uh, than some 17-year-old or, you know, some some 17 or 18 or 20 model uh, piece of junk from Freightliner. Um, here's a question from TikTok. What do you say a small trucking company with four trucks and four trailers local haul should make a day each truck? Well, that that should be a question I'm asking you because if you know your numbers and your cost per mile, then and then you should be able to come up with a daily rate that covers your costs, right? Your um and and then the market will signal to you if you look at your cost and say, okay, my cost is, uh, you know, for four trucks is $4,000 a day. And the market will only pay you $3,000 a day. Your costs are too high. You have to make an adjustment. You have to sell a truck. You have to change something that you're doing because your costs are too high. But if your cost is $2,000 and the market offers you $3,000, you're making money, Right. But it has to start with you knowing what your cost is. And unfortunately, just about everybody we talk to has no idea what their costs are. We know exactly to the penny what ours are because of the data and record keeping. Uh, one of my favorite comments uh, on the videos about rehabbing this old truck or throwing away tires or whatever it is, the uh, automatic assumption that because we are rehabbing an old truck, we must be pulling freight for 90 cents a mile. And I'm going, no, we pull, we pull freight for over $3 a mile. Now I, I get that. Um, I get that you guys are running the spot market right now and you're having a hard time getting a buck 50, but I'm getting three thirty. Why something doesn't click in their brain of the, of them going, He's saying he's getting three thirty. I'm getting a dollar fifty. I wonder what he's doing different than I am. But it's never what is he doing different and what can I learn from him. It's I must attack him because I don't understand what he's doing. I guess that's humanity. Uh, <clears throat> back to the question about how much you should make. That there's really no formula for that. I mean, it it you the market determines what the rates are going to be uh, your ability to make money is, is based on your ability to have a cost of, of doing business. that's less than what the market rates are. And that's the profit. So that there's no, there's no standard answer to that. You know, um, <clears throat> that's, that's the best answer I can give you, give you for it. I mean, the, the, and the, and you run the local market, which we have no experience in whatsoever. So I couldn't possibly advise you on that, but, but whatever it is that the common rate is, the general, the going rate is in your line of work and what you're doing. If your cost of doing business is less than that, then that's what you're going to make. Whether you should or not, that's that's not a question that can be answered. What what you should make, 
you should make as much as you possibly can. But that's going to depend on how good you are at controlling costs and how good you are at raising revenue. Um, you know, there's, there's only two ways to improve it. You know, you either got to sell more shit or you got to pay less for the shit you sell. <laughs> right. And that's the only two ways of doing it. So the better you are at both of those, particularly the latter, the more you're going to make. So because um, a lot of guys mistake going out and selling more for being the best way. It's not because you got a cost of sale of that. But if you lower the cost on the stuff you're already selling, you're going to put 100% of that savings in your pocket. And that goes straight to the bottom line. Where if you go improve your business, only a part of that portion of that's going to the uh, to the bottom line. So, well, as a, I'm, I'm I'm suddenly reminded of Jerry Clower and Marcel Ledbetter selling water uh, trucks full of watermelons, and he was like he was like if you buy them for twenty five cents and you sell them for twenty cents, volume is not going to help. No. <laughs> You're losing money on every one. You just lose more money. <laughs> you lose a volume of money. <laughs> uh, so here's one on TikTok. Uh, I'm, I apologize in advance for butchering your name. Mirsad Irina Hodzik. Oops. Oh, I hit, I touched the screen. Now I messed up. Um, I'm going to answer your question. Please understand that I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm using your comment as an example and, oh, good grief. And the question is you run with Landstar question mark. Is it under your MC or theirs? Here's a big problem that I have with truck drivers that want to get into business. When you don't understand the fundamental um, nature. Stru structure. Structure of what an MC is and, and, and the difference between that and a DOT number. Um, that Because I, I see these questions, especially in this god-awful group. Um, well, I've got an authority... I want to keep my insurance and run under somebody else's authority. What? If you have an authority, you have an authority, right? But if you run under someone else's number, you have to run under their insurance. You have to be contracted with them. Um, to me, this is super easy to understand and I can't, I can't grasp why it seems that there's this base level confusion about what an MC is. And of course, you've got the bunch that, you know, well, you don't, you don't have your own numbers. So you're not a real company. Fuck you. Um, I have a real, we have my, a real. My bank, my bank disagrees with that. Statement, yeah. By the way. As does no. mine. Um, <clears throat> but when you're, of course, hell, they don't understand the difference between a. I, I love because we got into the ten ninety nine versus W two thing again because I had to I had to kickstart the the TikTok algorithm. It they, they started throttling me down, so I made a fifteen second video making fun of people that work on ten ninety nines and and it did the trick. Usually does. That's a, that's <laughs> usually a pretty good one to do. It's a good hornet's nest to just get things kicked yeah. off and rolling. Yeah, yeah. And all of the comments. Well, I I like. Being on a ten ninety nine because I make more money. No, you False. do you not. You handle more money. You handle more money. You get to play with it. You just don't get to keep it. Right. Oh, did you hear the list on the IRS? By the way. Well, I heard that there was some scuttlebutt of something that they were going to do starting in let January. Me, let me let me fill you in. Okay, you know how we, we run across a lot of truck drivers who just don't file. 
They just don't file. Oh, right. Haven't, haven't done a tax return in 15 years. Well, guess what's going to happen? Mm. Now, if you don't do a return, they're going to do one for you. <laughs> now, now I'm just going to prepare a return for you. You can do one that will correct that one, but if not, that one stands. So that ought to make it interesting for these 1099 guys who just think they're going to take the money and run. So you can only run so far and so long, and then that super-duper collection agency that's got three letters is mm-hmm. going to find you. And when they do, they they have a lot of power. Are you are take, you, you would you happen to be talking about the most vicious, most aggressive, most well funded collection agency on planet Earth? Is that the one you'd be talking about? You're talking about the terrorist group? Yeah. That, yeah, that that that's it. That's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um absolutely. Th- that to me, I mean, it that it's just such a great example because if the IRS doesn't exist, y'all have a point about W two versus ten ninety nine. But those are terms that they came up with. So they set the rules, okay? Now, I know y'all can sit at the liar's counter and talk on the CB radio and in your Facebook groups, and y'all can just fabricate bullshit out of thin air. And if you get enough people to, to agree with you, somehow you convince yourself that you're correct. But if you are paying people, back up, if you own a truck, and you are paying a driver to drive that truck, and you are paying that driver on a 1099, you're a crook, you're an idiot, and you're a moron. Heavy on the crook, probably light on the idiot and the moron. But but generally, your idiocy, idiocy is what leads you to being a crook, okay? You're a crook. You're a thief. <laughs> you yeah. are forcing someone, obviously, of questionable intelligence— to pay your taxes for you, you're a crook. If you are a truck driver and you do not own a truck or at least one, you are not a contractor. You are an employee and you are paying someone else's taxes for them. Now, I mean, if you, I'm happy with it. Okay. Um, Go ahead and do that. Um, but y'all can do all this smoke and mirrors, shuck and jive, horseshit nonsense that you want to. But at some point, the aforementioned, most aggressive, most ruthless, vicious collection slash terrorist agency on the planet is going to come. And when they come, God help you. You're all, if you're the driver, your only saving grace is to rat out the, the crook that you were driving for, and maybe they'll go after them. <clears throat> well, all, all the other things about whether 1099 is legit or not, set that aside. You know, if you're, if you're the employer and you have a driver and you're making him pay 7.62% of his total revenue... For you, uh, and you think that you're going to retain that driver, you know, I mean, that's, and if you're the driver and your self-worth is so poor that you'll pay somebody 7.62% every year for the privilege of driving for them, that alone should make you understand that that's not the way to do this. Okay. All the other stuff really is smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. It's just who's, who's responsible for paying whose tax. If you're going to have somebody drive your truck, 
and you're going to throw them money as a 1099. First thing you're doing, first, first of all, you, you they have no protection um, that they should have as an employee because you're not paying Correct. workers' comp on them, right. and you have no unemployment on them. Okay, so you're treating your you're treating your driver like shit to begin with. Okay, and then you're throwing in this money and expecting him to pay his own taxes, which he probably doesn't even know that. Okay, then he's turning around when he does do that and paying seven point six, almost eight percent of your tax. Now, eight percent sounds like a lot of money, but if you're paying him a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, that's eight thousand dollars of mm-hmm. his money that you should be paying the tax, and he's and he's having to pay it. If you're the driver and you're working for a guy making a hundred grand, you just gave eight thousand dollars away that you didn't have to give away, just for the privilege of driving for the guy. That's just stupid. Okay, that's just stupid. <laughs> Did you see that? There's a new, there's a young new comedian, Cam Cam Patterson, I think. He's been on Kill Tony, <laughs> and he said that uh, he was talking about how he's a comedian now, you know. And he said, when he had a job, man, they just snatched that money out of his check. He said, I got to pay my own taxes. You know what that means? I'm going to jail. <laughs> Here's a comment, uh, Mick Lay. I'm really not trying to be a contrarian, but I've had one 1099 job driving someone else's truck, and it was by far the best paying job I've ever had paying my own taxes. That may be true, but it would have paid you 7.62% more money not to do it that way. Okay. Correct. And you st- and you wouldn't have had to pay your own taxes. And At the end of the day, it cost you 7.62% and you had no protection. And if you took deductions that you were not entitled to take. Correct. Per IRS rules, not mine, not Larry's, per IRS rules, if you took deductions for things that you did not that you were not entitled to deduct, you owe them money. You know, here's the other thing. Y'all think that this is a choice. Y'all it's think not. that you can decide whether I'm going to drive for somebody as a 1099 or I'm going to have somebody drive for me as a 1099. It's not. It's not a choice. There are strict regulations and guidelines that dictate what the status of an employee is. And, you know, y'all, you, you don't understand that when, when the hammer falls, it falls really, really hard, especially on the employer. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to pay your taxes. You're going to pay his taxes, and you're and, and they're going to go back and find everybody else that you've paid a 1099 as long as you've been in business, and then you're going to pay a penalty and a fine on top of all that for letting somebody else make the decision they want to drive for you. Are you making that decision? That's not a decision that you can make. Okay, it, it it's not a choice. You can't choose to do that. That's that's outside of the IRS guidelines. And if you're going to be in business. You have to comply with the IRS if you plan on not going to jail. So I don't understand why 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 would you rationalize this? Why would you why would you defend it? Why would you support it? Why would you go? Well, this is the way I'm doing it. You know, I really I understand, but this is the way I'm doing it. No, it uh, wrong is wrong is wrong is wrong is wrong. I don't care how many days you did it and what time it was when you started doing it and during the day. It it doesn't change anything. It is wrong. It's morally wrong. It's legally wrong. It's wrong every every way. And when it's just people do it and get away with it, and then when they get caught, they're out of business. And okay? when and when and if you wake up that mean dog, you ever been around a mean dog? You wake that mean dog up. Oh, he's coming after you. So Tara Gold Gould on TikTok. So as owner operator, the ones we haul for gives us a 1099. Is that okay? That's yes. completely legit. Okay. You're an independent contractor. Okay? So I thought of this example. You own a truck. I thought of this example today. 
Let's pretend for a moment that I'm a general contractor, okay? And someone hires me to build them a house, okay? And let's say I've got five employees, and these five employees are going to show up. I'm going to give them tools, and they're going to do whatever it is I tell them to do while while we're working on this house. They don't they they don't provide anything other than their labor. They show up when I tell them to show up and they work. They're a W2 employee. If I hire a contractor like a plumber to come and put plumbing in the house, that plumber's going to show up in his own truck with his own tools. The customer's paying me to build the house. I'm paying the contractor to put in the plumbing, or I'm paying the contractor due to the drywall, or I'm paying the contractor due to the insulation or the roof or whatever it is. Okay. They're a contractor. They're serving the customer, but the customer's paying me and I'm paying them. They're a contractor. So if you own a truck, if you own 10 trucks, if you own a thousand trucks, and you hire a driver to get in that truck and drive it. They they don't they they're not doing anything but driving it. That person is an employee. Period. End of story. Now, I had this happen one time where I worked in a temporary situation for a company that basically leased drivers out to companies that needed short-term help, okay? I was a W-2 employee of that company that was contracted by the by the person who owned the truck. They said, hey, I need a driver for two weeks. Okay, well, we'll give you a driver. Here he is. He gets in the truck and he drives for the two weeks. I was a W-2 employee of that company. That company paid the leasing company a 1099 right because they were they were hiring someone that had uh employees to do a job for them but when you i know y'all think i just wish i could get y'all to stop believing everything you think i know you think that well if, but if they'll pay me on a 1099 i get to write stuff off no you do not the irs code which is about 12,000 pages thick, and that's probably being generous, are very clear on the difference between a contractor and employee. It's a 21-question test. 22. 22-question test. <clears throat> you remember what it's called? S, uh, S, SD8 or something. SA8. SA8, I think it is. Okay. It's not hard. Just Google. Just Google uh, I'm going to Google it right now. IRS... Um, look, all you got, you're all trying to give me reasons why you're to justify why you're doing it. It doesn't matter if the employee makes their own schedule. None none of that matters. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if they, if they, if they, you throw them the keys and they run the truck the way they want. It doesn't matter. That's not part of the, of the process. It's one or two lines of that 22 thing. Um, But the bottom line is if they don't have skin in the game, if they don't have the opportunity to lose money, okay, they're not a contractor. They're an employee. So you you just, I, I, all this other stuff doesn't I mean, if you don't believe me, okay, do this. You guys that are paying on 1099, have one of your drivers 
file an SA8 uh, uh, against you and see how it works out. I'm sorry? SS8. I'm looking at it right now. Have one of your drivers contact the IRS and ask for an SS8 and send it in. If you're that confident that what you're doing is correct, then put yourself up to audit. Okay. And if you're a and if you're a driver, and you, you want to get this straightened out, drop a dime on your on the guy with it, with the IRS. Hey, he's misclassifying me. And believe me when I tell you this, they take that shit pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, you know all this all your all this dance it can stop right now. All you have to do is submit yourself to the challenge and, and we'll see how it goes. Um, and yes, there's, listen, no, I, I understand that a lot of people do it and get away with it. That's fine. You know, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Because I don't want to be the one in a million that gets caught. And I like going to sleep at night and I have to worry about what comes in the mailbox tomorrow. I have to, I don't have to worry about answering the phone and it being somebody. I think this is a, this is a morality issue. Okay. Uh, I don't want to have drivers working for me that, that are paying almost 8% of my taxes. And I don't want drivers working for me and don't, don't have unemployment. Mm-hmm. What if I die tomorrow? I got 15 guys out here working for me. Don't you think they deserve some kind of compensation? You know, what if they get hurt on a job? They all got workers comp. See, that's, that's how business people do business, you know? Right. Hoodwinks. Hoodwinks do business without doing that. Not business people. And that and this all the is, rest of this is just noise. Okay. And and this is not it, y'all, it's not about moral superiority, right? We bring up the moral question because if you're if, if listen, okay, let me be real clear. Taxation is theft crim, uh, perpetrated by a criminal gang. Okay. I'm not in favor of taxation. Any uh, any effort made to uh, to to evade taxation, you know, is moral as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but what we're getting at here is risk management. Y'all, everybody comes to us. They give the interview, and we say, "Why do you want to be in business?" Well, I want to be. In business. Here's all the reasons. Okay, if you want to get in business. And you want to stay in business. The biggest part of staying in business is managing risk. So I would put at the top of my risk management uh, uh, scheme, avoiding conversations and interactions with the most vicious, violent, aggressive, well-funded collection agency on planet Earth. You don't want to have conversations with these people. You don't want them knocking on your door. You don't want them sending you letters, okay? But if y'all fuck around, you're going to find out, okay? And so that chart, the more you fuck around, the more you find out. They are not playing around, okay? And especially when the economy gets like this, they're just as broke as everybody else. Well, guess who's going, who they're going to go after when they need some more money? Y'all think they're going to go after big business people. No, they're coming for you. This 87,000 new agents they hired are coming after 1099s and small business S-Corps. That's the whole reason. That's the only reason. And by the way, they're allowed to carry guns now. Okay, They're (laughs) armed when they do it. Because they know what small business guys look like. They're they're truckers. Okay, So they're allowed to carry weapons when they come now. So mm-hmm. guy, I mean, it's low. You, yes, somebody made a question. Don't you think the, the IRS is bad? Yeah, they do. 
and like the government, they get around to doing it. When they do it, they look what they do. Okay. There's a whole big net of things that get caught up in it. You know, the unintended consequences, all that kind of stuff. And we're not even talking about this new transparency thing that's coming out in January. That's a whole, that's a game changer. <laughs> we're not even talking about that yet. So, you know, look, if you, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. You can't play house in business. Okay. You can't act like you're going to be in business and just be and just be in business thinking you are and 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 avoid all of the regulations and all the things that's required to do business right, because that's a short term experiment. All right. You know, the, the reason that, that most people fail is because they just do it the wrong way. Why don't you just do it the right way and not worry about it? Why, why don't you pay your people in a W-2? Why, why would you not want to give them the benefit I mean, truck drivers are, are, there's a shortage of them and they're hard to keep. Nobody can keep one of them, right? Well, how, why would I work for you if you're going to make me pay 8% of your taxes and you don't give me unemployment and you don't, if I get hurt, I'm, I'm it's on my own? Why, why, why do you think you attract the shittiest employees in the country? Okay. Because you're the shittiest employers. That's why. Mm -hmm. Again, guys, it's risk management. We want you to start a business and stay in business, all right? I want you to think for, let's say right now you're listening to me, okay, and you're struggling, and you've got a $1,000 week payment, and you've got a trailer payment, and you're, you've got your own numbers, and you're working the boards, and you're, you're just out there driving your ass off for nothing. What would it be like if your truck was paid for? What would it be like if your trailer was paid for? What would it be like if you had a, instead of a dollar a mile cost of fuel, what if you had a 55 or 57 cents cost for fuel? Wouldn't that be life changing for you? Because that's what we do. Our trucks are paid for. We don't have trailers. We use the carrier's trailer. If something goes wrong with the trailer. We call the carrier. They fix it. Our cargo liability cost is zero. And it's gone up zero from zero since the inception of this company. Zero plus zero for me is a pretty damn good deal. We don't have and to I'll pay factoring. And I'll tell you something else I'm reading about. All everything I've read today is about factoring problems, not getting paid. Oh. Just TQL guy, okay? Yeah. Guess what we don't have? Factoring and not getting paid. Yep. Never been an issue. I've been I've been at Landstar for twelve years now. I've never once not gotten paid everything that's come to me. I've never once had to go park my truck in front of some place with a sign on the side of it. I've never once factored or paid a percentage of what I'm getting paid to factor. Yep. And but I had, you got, but, but, but you all, but y'all are the real truckers. Huh? We're not, <laughs> we're just imitation truckers because we don't have our own numbers. Well, we had Wednesday, we had a rate reduction on a load from May, $211.93. Well, we're not going to let that stand, right? So I made a phone call. Boy, I, listen, I went on a ride. I was transferred about 12 times, but I eventually got to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, we see this. And, you know, and it's still ongoing. But I, the, the very first lady I talked to, she, she told me, she's like, well, here's, here's what you need to do. Once, once you get down the line and get through all this, um, here's what you do to get your, to get your money back. I have no, based on, you know, 10 or 12 years of experience, I have no doubt that once we get through the process, 
they're going to put $211.93 back on our settlement. But like you said, we've never, ever, not one time. The only thing we have to worry about, which is scary, we need truck drivers to scan the paperwork. If you will scan the paperwork legibly where they can read it and you'll put the freight bill number on the damn paperwork, we'll get paid, right? And we get paid a certain day. We no question about If you get the paperwork turned in by Monday at 2 o'clock, guess what? Larry gets paid on Wednesday. Hey, No question about it. Jacob on TikTok just opened the door, and I'm going to let you walk through it. What is a factor? (laughs) Factoring is payday loans for, for truck drivers. Okay, it's uh, it's it's a way for you because they have no cash and they have no cash flow and they have no reserve. When they haul a load, a, a shipper could take 30, 60, 90 days or never pay somebody. Okay, so if you factor your invoices for a percentage, the factoring company will loan you the money mm-hmm. until it gets collected. And so it, it's a it's a payday loan is literally what it is. And you can have a recourse and non-recourse ones. Okay. The non-recourse ones are very expensive because that means that they're taking all the risk. If they don't get paid, they don't come back for you for the money. Uh, there's very few guys doing that because it's very pricey. Mm-hmm. Most of them have recourse. So if they loan you the money, uh, here's an example right now. Somebody got advanced uh, a factoring uh, on uh, from Convoy. Convoy's gone now, okay? Mm-hmm. Guess what? They're not going to get paid. The money's going to come, come back from the, from the people that they advanced. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it's it, it's a Shylock way of doing business. And again, it's another way that truck drivers do business because they got no business being in business. Go to McDonald's and ask them if they factor their invoices. <laughs> okay? They'll look, what the hell is factoring? No, I'll pay my, you know. If you can't, if you sell your product and you can't wait to get paid, then guess what? Um, maybe you ought not be doing it. You know? Who's the guy that... Always, if, if, listen, everybody doesn't need to be in business. You ought to be work. If that's a, if you don't have the money not to factor your invoice, go work for somebody that has money and get paid every week. You don't have to chase your money and drive your truck down to TQL and put a big sign on it, make an ass out of yourself. You, you can avoid that. I hear that Walmart's paying $110,000 to start. Mm-hmm. But yet nobody wants to do that. Who who was the guy that always wanted a hamburger that we'd gladly pay you on Tuesday? The guy on Popeye. What was his Popeye. name? Popeye. Wimpy? It was, I think it was Wimpy. Wimpy. Yeah. I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, think about that. If you if you went to McDonald's, okay, and you um, ordered a cheeseburger, well, you don't have to pay for it right now. Okay, but somebody else will pay for it for you. Okay, if you'll just if you'll just uh, just sign this paper right here, we'll take care of it. If you guys had the capability of running the actual annualized percentage rate on these factoring contracts, oh, it's it's worse than credit cards. They're worse, so much worse than credit cards. You'd be marching in streets, but it's just yes, that, that's who's stealing your money, not the broker. 
y'all are after the broker right now for taking your money and you and you and you you gladly it it reminds me of buying a car at a dealership okay mm-hmm. you'll you'll argue and fight and negotiate for the price of the car you'll walk right in the f and i office and bend over and show them your asshole mm-hmm. and give them a candle of, of, of vaseline to, to use one you know because you don't understand that the financing is more profitable to the dealership than the car is mm-hmm. 100%. again again another reason not to be in business okay can't figure that out Hummingbird, I don't understand your question. Why would an why would an SS8 uh, against ATS be a thing? ATS pays their company drivers on a W2. They pay their lease operators on a 1099, but the lease operators leasing the truck are so legitimately like 1099. Yeah. Uh, I knew some guys at ATS that set up LLCs, and so the 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 lease agreement between oh, what was it called? capital something other or whatever the name of the finance company was would lease the truck to the LLC wherein you could be a W2 employee of your LLC. You know, now of course you didn't make enough money. I'm a W2 employee of my LLC. Right. You're a W2 employee of my LLC. That is correct. That's nothing. That's a strange thing there. If you're an LLC S Corp, you have to be a W2 employee of your LLC. <clears throat> that is how Amazon hire their drivers as contractors. They're 1099. Listen, my kids, listen, my kids could be starving and I probably wouldn't work for Amazon. Um, FedEx ground is, well, I, I, listen, I'm not going, I'm not answering all this. Okay. It, it doesn't, y'all can come up with all the reasons but, you but want to, wait, not to wait do a minute. it. Time out though. Time out guys. You are again, if you buy a truck and you lease that truck, to FedEx to go do local deliveries, you're a contractor. They're you talking own about a the, truck. They're talking about the guys that drive for FedEx ground contract. First of all, if it, to be a con, to be a FedEx ground contractor, you have to be a C corp, not an S corp, a C corp. And if they're hiring their guys on 1099, I, I can't help that. that. That's an independent guy. It's not FedEx. That's an independent guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I don't. It doesn't look. Y'all, y'all miss, y'all miss, y'all misconstrue a lot of stuff. Number one, you think that we that we uh, recruit for Landstar, we don't. Who give a rat's ass whether you ever come to Landstar or not? You think that we're trying to get you to do business like we do? I, well, no, I don't give a shit if you ever do business like we do. Okay. And 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 you think that we're that we're in the business of hiring truck drivers, and we're not. And and you think that we're giving advice to people who are in the trucking business, and we're not. Okay. We're giving advice to people who want to do this for the first time and not do all the shit that y'all are doing. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not go finance a truck for $200,000 and pay $1,400 a week. Okay. Not do these things that, that with everybody on Facebook and I was bitching about, there's a way of doing it and not do that. Okay. It's planning and getting organized and doing the right way. That's what we do. The question I'm here is uh, how do you get good drivers? You can't, there's no such thing. <laughs> Okay. We don't hire good drivers. We don't hire drivers, period. We hire guys that are, that are driving a truck as a job, but want to learn how to do it the right way in business. And that's what the purpose of this podcast is. Okay. It, it lets them see what we do and we pulls the curtain back and they see what kind of guys we are, because we're not the kind of guys that are going to pay you on a 1099. We're not the kind of guys that are going to treat you like this industry does. We're going to show you how to do this a right way because I spent 50 years in business, not in this trucking industry, 40 years, 50 now, 
because everybody else does business right until you get in the trucking industry. Then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it just goes to shit quickly, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing here. I could see from day one that there was a better way of doing this than what everybody's doing. And uh, that's why we're still here. But look, we're not trying to tell you how to do things. We're not we're certainly aren't going to be trying to get you to come to Landstar. Most people have no business being at Landstar, okay? Because you're not self-sufficient, independent, and can and can do things on your own and problem solve without somebody, you know, holding giving you a pacifier. Okay. And we're not trying to get you to uh to to buy old trucks. Uh that's up to you. We do it because it makes sense. You know, we do it because the calculator says that's the way to do it. Because all these other, we talked to a guy this week, he goes, well, you got these old trucks, what do you do about your fuel mileage? Wow, well, we get about seven, eight plus miles per gallon. That's what we do for our fuel mileage. Oh, old trucks get that? Yeah, yeah, because you're listening to your trucker friends who don't know shit from Shinola, okay? And they believe everything they think, as Chris says. When you actually do the research and do your own homework and quit listening to other people and think for yourself, you go, wait a minute, that Tire makes sense. Mm -hmm. When you take all the bias and prejudice and all the bullshit out that you've heard, and you literally do the research, you find out there is a way of doing this that makes sense. And it probably is not the way that everybody mm -hmm. else that you know doing this does. That's why they call us lunatics. We didn't name ourselves, guys. We didn't come out here and go, hey, we're the lunatics. We were called that. Mm -hmm. We embraced and We just it. said, you know what? We might as well embrace it. That's what we are, you mm -hmm. know? So, anyway. um, question on TikTok, Mirsad, what advice would you give me as an owner operator that wants to grow and build a healthy business? Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, lower your cost. Number one, because you get to keep 100% of every dollar or every penny that you save. Remember that the wise word, remember the wise words of a guy named Cooksey Sugar that I worked for 20 years ago, son. Profits in this industry are measured in pennies, not dollars. There's pennies laying everywhere. You just got to reach over and pick them up. So your first and foremost job is lowering cost. Um, then you know how to, to, to find appropriate revenue. Um, and then, you know, the last thing's cliche, but it's, it's build relationships. You are, a, if you're in business, doesn't matter what you're in business to do. If you're running a restaurant, you're swinging a hammer, you're a plumber, you're operating a truck, you are a servant. You are last. The customer is first. There's this clown on TikTok. It stitches all my damn videos. And he, you know, he thinks he's, he, he hates, and somebody in his comments was like, why do you dislike these people so much? Wait, well, he, he dislikes us because he's jealous. That's his biggest problem. But he was so incensed one day that I said, I don't care about truck drivers. I care about customers. How dare you? I wouldn't drive for you. I'm like, buddy, I wouldn't hire you. So we're, we're, we're even. I would not hire a narcissistic prick like you that thinks you're all that matters. Because it, it, it's not just a truck driver thing. If you're a mechanic and you think you're all that matters, you're going to fail. If you're a restaurant operator and you think you're all that matters, you're going to fail. If you're operating a truck and you think that you're all that matters, you're going to fail because you don't matter. The customer matters. You are a servant. You do what's best for them first. And I promise you, 
the benefits will come around the other side, right? Karma, whatever you want to call it. But it's, it's you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's not do unto others as they did unto you. It's not how the verse goes, okay? Just think about what you, and I told I saw this girl on Facebook the other day. Uh, she's like 29. So I haven't figured out what to do with my life. And I'm like, okay, well, figure out what's special about you. What do you like to do? What are you good at? Go exploit yourself in the service of others and you'll be fine. That That's the point. But you, I mean, if you're going to be in business, you come last. And that's what these narcissistic fuckstick uh, communist bootlickers in the National Interoperator Association don't understand. They think they're all that matters. They have the axis of the universe running down through the top of their precious little head. Well, they're going to fail. And I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like actively do something to accelerate their failure. Uh, I'm not going to get involved in them. Okay. But when you're going to go marching to the government to try to get the government to get more involved in this industry, because you're a narcissistic shithead that thinks you're all that matters and you're going to, you know, set everybody else's house on fire. No, 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 no. That's when we're going to have a problem. No, absolutely not. I will oppose you at every possible opportunity. Uh, Evan Petruni. I'll throw it on here. I have no experience in the trucking industry. I'm doing the Troops into Transportation program in January, getting my CDL. My plan is to drive for a company for six months, make that a year to get experience in the industry before I buy my own truck and go my own. It is just finding a load board contact center to, to make. I would like your input on the latest. Okay, number one, not six months, one year. You go to one company. I don't care how much you think it sucks. You're the problem. Okay, just understand. Go into it. I'm here to learn the trucking industry for one year at one company. Um, two, do not go anywhere where they're going to sucker you into getting an automatic transmission restriction. It means you're staying away from Prime, Schneider, pay. Well, you're doing the troops to trucking program, so you're probably not paying for it. Do not get an automatic transmission restriction on your license, period. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if you have to forego the uh, the troops into transportation program and pay for it yourself. Okay. Do not get stuck with an automatic transmission restriction. Um, if you have no prior business experience, if you have never run a payroll, if you've never been in business, absolutely not under no circumstances will you ever get your authority in the first three to five years of owning a truck. You need to lease to a carrier. We're at Landstar. I'm good with Landstar. There are other carriers. It's not the only carrier. But you need the you need the protection that comes with being leased to a carrier while you learn how to run a trucking business, because I'm assuming if your troops into transportation, you've come out of the military, okay, will understand that being in business is 100 percent the exact 180 degrees or 100 percent the opposite of being in the military. There's nobody there to tell you what to do, okay. You have to be completely autonomous, able to solve problems and make decisions on your own without anybody else's input. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very different experience. And that's also why you need a year of trucking. You just need a year of, of, of understanding uh, this life outside of the military and now this, this life inside trucking. 
Um, and if you're going to pay, uh, you're going to buy a truck, pay cash, period. No loans. Do not, do not, do not ever under any circumstances sign a lease contract. Do not lease a truck. Do not finance a truck if you want to stay in business. Now, if you want to be like everybody else, you know, and you want to be uh, bankrupt in two years, by all means, go ahead and lease you a truck. Go down and get you a, 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 a one at the dealership with a warranty. Um, but if you want to do it the right way, there's this is what episode 184. There, go listen to the 183 prior to this, um, and and we'll walk you through it. Do not get an automatic restriction. Do not finance a truck. Do not lease a truck. If you don't want to do any of that, don't get into business. Just be a really good high paid company driver. Would you can Sean money? Would you consider training, hiring someone in the Dallas Fort Worth area? Sure. Now we are pretty much hired up. We we've we're pretty much hired up into the first part of next year. Um, but you can go to the website, fill out the form. We can have a conversation. Uh, let's see. Let me look at. Uh, I love the. I love these people that are thinking that this guy that's went and got the TQ on guys eight thousand dollars, he's the hero. I mean, <laughs> he's the hero. You know, um, unbelievable. Now here's Joey Bag of Donuts on TikTok. Now listen, I'm a, I'll start with this. You say you've been an owner, independent owner operator since '97. Hats off to you. Okay, you're the exception, not the rule. Okay. If you've been an owner-operator since 97, I've been a driver since 97, okay? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. People, average human Americans running around these days are not capable of doing what you've done, okay? So you need. To, I want you to be careful at who you counsel to do that. Um. I, I celebrate your success, all right? I, I congratulate you on making it this long. But when I watch people who I, I can see the fire in their eye when they come in, yeah, man, I want to do this. And then they find out and they go, holy shit, this is hard. Yeah. You know, well, if you have gone to the extent of getting your own authority, that's a, that's a hard bell to unring, Okay, you come to the Blue Ribbon Program and you look around and we show you how we do this and how it works. And you go, oh, boy, I I don't think I really don't think I want to be in business after all. Okay, great. You've saved yourself a lot of headache. But it pisses me off when I see these knuckle draggers uh, on social media and other places trying to, you know, sign people up. Got to get your own authority. You might as well. Tie concrete shoes to their ankles and throw them in a river. That's what you're doing to them. All right. It's wrong. Do not tell people with no business, no business experience to go get their own authority. It's absolute financial suicide. Okay. Hummingbird has come back on this ATS. With sign of a contract with ATS, you're signing your rights away. 
with being a 1099 worker and lease a truck. Well, then just don't lease a truck. If you don't lease, I leased the truck from ATS and it worked out. Now, I wouldn't do it again. Um, signing your rights away. Well, then don't. If that's how you see it, it's real simple. Um, this, uh, this leasing trucks thing would go away if the, if the government school educated ignoramuses would stop signing up for it, you know, but you're not signing your, your rights away. Um, you're signing it. Well, the problem is here's, here's, here's another elephant in the room. The problem with most people is they're signing contracts that they can't read. Right, they're they're signing contracts that they have not read, can't couldn't understand if they did read them, right? That that's the problem. That's that's the part we don't want to talk about because it's too uncomfortable. But that that's what we're dealing with, right? Um, I promise you, y'all, these companies that come up with these contracts, they've had very expensive lawyers make sure that they're ironclad. Right, just because you don't read it doesn't mean that you have an out. You just didn't read it. Ignorance is bliss, Chris. Right? Well, yeah. Um, I <clears throat> Phil shared an image with us today. Him sitting at a table with a couple of old hands. Um, one, he said, one guy had been with Landstar since 1982, and they don't do direct deposit. They still mail him a check every week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the one, the other guy had the longest stretch flatbed in the fleet that would stretch out to 115 feet. Okay. For all of you knuckle draggers that love to bag on Landstar because you think you know something when you actually don't, there are freight and there are opportunities here um, that most of y'all couldn't even dream of and would never survive long enough to actually get to that level of achievement, right? Because I know guys right now, right now, making 50 grand a month or more doing specialized freight, but they, but you can't have it because you haven't earned it yet, right? It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of attention to detail. It takes a lot of networking and relationship building to get to that level. Um. But if you can't come to Landstar and survive running a dry van, you have no business owning a truck because it, 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 it literally can't get any easier. I mean, it's, 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 it's elementary. Um, if you can't do it here, you can't do it anywhere. And if you can't do it here, it's your fault. It's not Landstar's fault. And it's not the agent's fault. It's your fault. Uh, Phil Brown, do y'all know anything about the tour gigs with Landstar? Um, yeah, I almost did an Aerosmith tour back in 2014. But you talk about serious. Uh, but they don't play around on those tours. You know, when when Taylor Swift's got to be somewhere, you by, you're by God going to be there, right? It's It's not for the faint of heart to do that tour stuff. Um, Larry Allison, I am an independent owner operator and have been this way for years and you people talk facts. Well, thank you, Larry. Juan Jesus Munoz, what's a good book on personal and wealth growth you recommend? 
Um, I have started getting into, oh uh, gosh, what's that guy's name? The E-Myth. Gerber, Michael Gerber, uh, Dave Ramsey. Um, what's your buddy's name? Larry Wingett. Um, there's another great one, a guy named John Miller, QBQ, question behind the question. That's a really good, it's about personal responsibility. There's a bunch of y'all could read that. I mean, there's hundreds of books that you could, you could, I mean, oh, yeah. you would never run out of books to read on personal growth. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, some of them are going to appeal to you, some of them aren't, but there's no magic list that everybody reads and go, oh, all of a sudden now I'm, you know, it's, it's a process. How much can you make at Landstar driving a, a drive van? Well, we teach our guys if they do what they do for us, if it's on their own in their own truck, that there's no reason they can't make 150 to 200 grand after expenses before taxes at Landstar pulling a drive van hauling general freight. Yep. 100%. And if they, because they're doing it for us, it's just when they get their own truck there, yeah, you get to keep all the money. So it's, um, that's, the expectation, you know. Now let me tell you this: the by the way, the average owner operator's pay went down nine thousand nine percent this year. But the average owner operator in this country makes about sixty three thousand dollars a year. That's the average. That's ATBS. They've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of owner operator clients. That's their number. Um, so I have to figure it's pretty close. Yeah. This look, I I have been since two thousand ten you know, either leasing a truck or owning a truck. I've been engaged in operating trucks since 2010. Um, to me, it's worth it. Okay. But there's no way in hell that I would take on the risk um, for $65,000 a year. Hell no. Or is it 63? Would it go down? I mean, uh, there's just no way. And the big problem is people are so obsessed with rate per mile. We have a fantastic rate per mile, okay? But that's not how we find loads. We find loads based on revenue. I don't give a shit about the rate per mile. I pulled some for two fifteen. I pulled some for 5 I want revenue because that's the name of the game in any business. It's revenue. And so many people... They have no idea because they don't know how to do bookkeeping. They have no idea what they're actually making, if they're making any money at all. That's the problem. You don't even know, you don't even know your basic cost per mile. Or you don't know when your cost per mile is outrageous. Like somebody saying they're that fuel's costing them a dollar a mile right now. Well, I get 5.75 and I'm paying five dollars a gallon. Okay, well, you need to you need better fuel mileage, is what you need. Because that's the easiest thing you can control, but I'm sure. Or, or a better fuel purchasing program. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, or, you know, or you're probably driving a damn 379 with the with, with a kitty cat cranked up to 800 horsepower so you can watch black smoke roll out the tailpipe. Y'all realize that's unburned fuel, right? It's just dollars and dollars and dollars. I wish there's a way we could make the smoke green and maybe y'all think about it. You know, when you tromp down on that big motor, <clears throat> it's it's all about how I look and how I feel and how you know the impression I'm trying to make. Ego's getting away with a lot of people making money. You know that? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
probably one of the first things I tell people when they come here is that you have to understand you can't come here and have your truck be your e- the source of your ego. It's got to be your wallet. So that's that's what motivates us, you know, um, because that's how you stay in business and that's how you get wealthy and that's how you retire and that's how you you know have a have a chance of working for a few years and 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 have enough money to then retire and, and enjoy the money instead of working to your 98. How would I get in contact with you in the week if needed? Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com. Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com. <clears throat> uh, you know what we need to do real quick? We need to hit, uh, we need to talk about sponsor, Pittsburgh yeah, Power. Why don't, you do, why don't you do that? Well, we are, uh, the podcast is brought to you by Pittsburgh Power. We are stocking distributors of the Max Mileage Fuelborne Catalyst, the OPS system. You can order them on our website. We'll ship them to you. You can swing through Hurricane and pick them up or pick up Catalyst. The OPS products will be shipped to you. Uh, so we keep some stock here. Uh, we have been customers of Pittsburgh Power since 2009. Um, we had. Uh, uh, my gosh, I mean, all all the stuff, the the damper, the balancer, we've used, the, we've bought the uh, the turbos and the exhaust manifolds and, you know, ran OPS before they bought it. Um, so, you know, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, they entered into an agreement to give us some sponsorship, and we thank them for that. So if you talk to them, let them know that you heard about them on the Blue Ribbon Podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. And... Uh, you know, hit us up for your catalyst and OPS needs. So are you ready to do your presentation? Yeah, well, let's go. I got a couple of comments. All right, let's hit, hit that. Hey, boss, first time listening. I finance and now I'm joining in debt. Any advice? Hmm. Well, I would need a little more information there, but I'm assuming you financed during the peak time when trucks were more than what they're worth and drying in debt. Um, well, I'm, you're not going to like the advice I'm going to give you, but um, if you've got a truck that you can't afford, you need to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to go get a job and pay your debt off and then don't do this again. Yep. I mean, there's there's no other cure. Okay. I mean, there's no other cure. So you can't, you, you mean, you're sucking you dry. It's going to, it's going to destroy your, you know, your, your attitude. It's going to destroy you financially. It's going to probably destroy your marriage and, you know, um, it was uh, a lot of people did what you did. Okay. I mean, you, you people thought that this was a, I mean, I see them advertising today. There'll be a, there'll be a billion dollars made in trucking. You know, uh, there's no better way of getting wealth than trucking. Well, that may or may not be true, but, um, you know, you can't do it the way that they want you to do it. And that is buy a new truck and finance it to the gills and be leveraged to a hundred percent. And then can't operate it because you can't, the cost of operating that truck exceeds what you can make right now. And that's why you're down in debt. So you just got to stop the bleeding. Okay. I would hook up with Dave Ramsey as soon as you could and get yourself straightened out. But the, the hard decisions are going to be ones you're not going to want to hear. And that is you got to sell that truck uh, sooner the better. And then you're going to have to find yourself a job. As Dave says, rice and beans and beans and rice for the next few years, get yourself out of debt and let's start again, but let's do it the right way next time. Um, Jermaine, um, I need you to replay the first part of this episode. Um, and that will answer your question about 1099 W2, but get your steel toe boots on because we went at it pretty hard. We're not going to go through all that again, 
Um, but and, uh, and we've got several episodes about it. Okay, yeah. we, the one of the very first ones we did back in the fifties, I guess it was a Chris. Mm-hmm. It's episode fifty something. Yeah, uh, about something about pimping. Don't, don't get be pimped. pimped or, yeah, don't get pimped. That was the first one I did, I think. So, and there's a um, there's a comment on TikTok that says I hate to tell you, but how you drive the truck makes a far bigger impact than the hood. That's true. We had a guy get eight mile per gallon in a 2001 84 inch classic, right? So I can say yes, yeah. That we we proved that someone who worked really, really, really hard at it, the best fuel mileage driver we've ever had, got eight miles a gallon in a classic. Here's the well, problem. It, most yeah. people are not going to do that, right? Um, Rocky put a lot of time and money into that truck to make sure that it ran uh, properly. Um, and the other problem is when we're getting back to to the good trucks, when we're talking about the the classics, the W9s, the FL, or FLDs, and, and all that stuff, it's harder to get the parts that you need. That's why we run the, the C120 Columbian Century. Because the parts are plentiful and they're cheap. Are they pretty? No. Do they ride good? No. Are they hot when it's hot? Yes. Are they cold when it's cold? Yes. Do they rattle and shake? And Yeah. But they're cheap to operate, and that's how we get the profit, by running a fuel-efficient, aerodynamic, uh, cheap-to-maintain plastic freight liner. Now let me let me get the, let me get the count let me get the BSE nine thousand out because there's part of that question that Chris hadn't answered and he usually leaves this part out. Yes, if you're doing really good at driving that truck correctly and you're getting great fuel mileage, that hood is still costing you one mile per gallon. Correct. Okay, you can drive it as good as you want to, but that hood, and probably the bumper, and probably some other things, probably the air filters, those are combining to cost you one mile per gallon. Now, get the calculator out. How many miles you've driven that truck since you owned it? Multiply it times the mile, times the price of fuel. And that's the sacrifice you've made to do to drive that truck, even as good as you're driving it. So I'm out, it's my obligation. I'm the numbers guy here, okay? And the numbers don't lie. And it's great that you're getting good fuel mileage out of it. But if you're getting that out of that, you could have gotten more out of it with it, with it didn't have the hood. So, but anyway, you're sacrificing uh, money for uh, style or whatever it is that you like out of the truck. But uh, I'm not that guy. I'm a money guy. Well, so and, and I don't two, shit about the truck. I don't want to make money. In, in our example, the guy <clears throat> driving that classic that was able to get as high as, I think he averaged seven something, right? But he didn't have to work near as hard to get eight plus out of a century as he did getting seven out of that classic, Right. So, and look, I, I'm out here to haul, you know, pick up and deliver loads, right? I want it to be as, as easy as possible. Um, so, anyway, all right, you ready for your presentation? Yeah, we're going to put on a different hat here. I'm going to put my accounting hat on, and you, know, you guys have all expressed interest in learning how to use QuickBooks. So, we're going to start tonight with a very, very, very basic. We're only going to do about 15 minutes per episode because I don't want to overwhelm you. Uh, but you know, these are all, these are all recorded and they're, and they're posted for you to look at down the road. So you can always go back and refer to them, but we're going to start out tonight with how you get started in an accounting system, whether it's QuickBooks or not, but we're going to, we're going to talk about QuickBooks because that's what I use. And that's what I recommend you use. So, 
And the reason I recommend you use QuickBooks is because it, it, when, you, when you advance to the point where you're good at it, it's already a generally accepted principles of accounting supported uh, system. You know, it, it, is, it, is, it, it is a legitimate bookkeeping system that your CPA will recognize and, 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 and love. And, and you don't have to worry about when you get better going and redoing this all over again because you use some Mickey Mouse system to get started. Now, so first thing I want to do, the first thing we have to do before we do anything is we have to um, d- d- set up what's called a chart of everything is, is, is driven from the chart of accounts. Everything you buy, everything, everything you make, everything to do with your business has to have uh, an account that it goes into. Now, we're going to, Chris, we're, all, we're going to start down at, well, I'll just show this to you, but we're not going to deal right now with these accounts from 1,000 up to um, the 3,000. Those are going to be advanced and be a little later. We're going to only deal with the income and expense accounts, okay? Now, this is, you guys can go download this. Chris, you got the banner ready to go? It's on there. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so Blue Rim, oh, there it is. BlueRimLogistics.com slash chart. You guys can download. This is a PDF uh, form. You can download that. Um, this is, this is, I've got my mind's a little more detailed than this, but this is enough to get you started. Okay. And, um, so you can see what we're dealing with here and, and all these accounts we're talking about, these are the accounts that you're, that you're, you're going to use eventually, but right now we're just going to deal with the income and expenses because that's the base that will give you a profit and loss statement. And that's what most of you need to get started. Now, as we move along and get more advanced, we'll start picking up these asset equity and liability accounts. So, Chris, let's scroll down to 4,000. That's where we're going to start. Um, but you guys need to get your accounting system. And now I have, uh, I've talked to uh, QuickBooks. I'm demoing one of them next week. But as I understand it, the, uh, the QuickBooks Online Plus and the QuickBooks Online Advanced are, you're able to customize the chart of accounts. So you're going to want to use one of those two formats. One of them's about 40 bucks a month, and one of them's, I think, about 90 bucks a month. The 40 is fine. I did some price shopping. If you guys are using ATBS to do your work, you're paying that a week. So if you do this and do your own accounting, you can cut your expenses down 25% what they are right now. So um, so anyway, let's let's start with account 4,000, Okay. Uh, this is your basic income account. So everything that you're making is going to be uh, coded into one of these different uh, these categories here. Now, you're welcome to create your own. Understand, just keep the format the same. The format's important because when we get to doing balance sheets and things like that, if you don't use this format, it won't, it won't uh, populate the balance sheet properly when we get down to that point. So that's why I want to start you off with a chart of accounts at first. So we don't have to redo it because you didn't understand why we had to have it this way to begin with. Make sense. So your fourth, that's going to be your income. So we've got it broken down into tractor line, haul, trailer line, haul, accessorials, fuel surcharge, and this miscellaneous. You can get these from your settlements. You know, that's where you, that's how you get paid. I've tried to make these Landstar as well as g- generic. So, um, you know, wh- however you however you get paid, whatever document it is, you can draw these numbers off of that document, okay? And uh, if you don't want to divide the tractor and trailer, you don't have to. It's just that if you're trying to look at whether or not the trailer was worth owning or not, you need to know what it made, 
So that's why I'm I'm really big on breaking out things so you can analyze because half the the only reason you do accounting to begin with is one the government requires it. Number two, the data it helps you analyze your business, helps you make decisions, and the more data you have, the more uh, decision and data um, to making data you have in front of you. So it, I mean, you could have one account, you could have just one income account, everything goes in there. But if you look at the end of the year and go, you don't really wish I knew how much my fuel surcharge was. Well, now if you break it out every week, now you know what it is. So it just gives you the benefit of having the ability to analyze the data in a more micro way or macro way. So uh, 4000 is going to be all of our income. Okay. Now 5000 we're going to start with our expenses. Fuel is your number one expense. So we make it your number one account, 5001 fuel. And then I break it down into diesel. Def fluid and reefer. Um, again, that way you know what you're paying for each of those individual things. So give it a different account. So 5001A is diesel, 5001B is def, 5001C is reefer. You're going to get that off of your card activity statement or your fuel receipts, however you buy your fuel. That's where these numbers are going to come from. So you know, having now that having those receipts, having those documents are part of bookkeeping. You have to gather all the data, and that means you have to keep receipts. You have to keep the documents to support all this. Uh, if you get a discount, then the 5010 is where we're going to deduct the discount. So your full price of your diesel would go up here, and then the discount there. So now we have the actual cost of the diesel. Now, in our situation, and your, we count IFTA as part of fuel. So you're going to be paying the IFTA as you buy the fuel. So this IFTA return either gives you money back or collects more from you. So it's got to be part of your fuel number. So that's where we're going to put that in there. So when you get your IFTA returns or you do your IFTA return, you're going to put that, uh, that number, either it's either going to be a plus or a minus, into this expense account. Now, let me uh, advise you something. A minus in an expense account is a positive. Okay, it's a double negative. So if you, if you have an expense account that is negative, that means that you made money from that account. It wasn't an expense account. So it's okay to have a positive expense. It's okay to have a negative income. We don't want it, but it's okay. It's, not, it's accepted. It's not a, an accounting issue. Uh, the mileage and ad valorem tax, that, you know, you're going to have these states where the, you're paying tax for the miles you drove. And again, that's where we're going to stick that. So all of our fuel... And all of our fuel tax is all going to be in this 5,000 group right here. With me? 5,001 to 5,012. Now, the next thing we're going to keep up was all the oil and shit you bought, okay? Fuel additives, oil additives, you know, uh, coolant, um, uh, windshield washer fluid, anything that you buy as an additive or oil is going to go in this account. So now we can track what that is. And these are in no particular order, okay? I just is how I thought of them years ago. I've had this accounting system since 2008. Well, I've had it longer than that, but I had it adapted to trucks in 2008. Um, next account, that's where you're going to put your lumper expenses, okay? The next account is where you're going to put your tolls. Now, your tolls can be tricky if you're paying them out of your pocket. You're going to have to get a receipt or you're going to have to keep track of it. If you've got a transponder, it'll be easy because you can get it off of your monthly summary. But you, you know, cash uh, expenses are the ones that will get away from you. So in, anytime you're paying cash for something, get that receipt and get it in your accounting system by coding it 
and getting it in. You can look guys. you can do this every day. You can let it sit up and accumulate and do it once a week. You could even do it once a month. I wouldn't do it any, any less frequently than that. Uh, weekly is the best. You, you can do this in just a few minutes if you do it weekly and you get yourself organized. But anything you pay for, whether it's cash, credit card, whatever, make sure that you have the ability to have that receipt so we can account for it. Next would be scales and then parking. Now we get down to a couple of things here that you have to think about. If you're leasing, truly leasing your truck, the lease payment is deductible. So we're going to track that in this expense right here. If you're financing your truck, different story. You can't deduct the finance payment. You can deduct the depreciation. But that's going to get into some advanced uh, bookkeeping. We're going to, we're going to, that's get back gets back up to the 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 accounts. For right now, let's just talk about people who are leasing, truly leasing their truck or trailer. That payment, 100%, is tax deductible, and it needs to be tracked, and there's where we're going to uh, track it, okay? The next thing are things that your bank charges you, checking account fees. If you bounce a check, the return check fee, anything that your bank charges you uh, in your checking accounts are going to go there. That's usually going to come off your statement. Um if, I mean, you guys probably don't take credit cards, but if you did, your credit card processing fees would go in here, you know. Uh, whatever your fuel, we use ComData, but if you use TIA, T, whatever the other ones are, uh, whatever those fees are, those need to go in here. That's an expense, okay? And then you guys that are factoring, here's where your factoring costs go in, okay? Not the uh, not the, the invoice, but the uh, what it costs you to have the invoice factored. That's going to go right here, all right? Now, the next thing we're going to go down to are dues and subscriptions. You might think, well, I don't have any dues and subscriptions. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. A couple of examples. If you've got, um, if you've got uh, cloud storage, that's a subscription, okay? Uh, if you pay dues to OIDA or NOOA or whatever, uh, that's just a place that you can, you can put that stuff. Um, the next thing we're going to go to is office expenses. Now, I, I generalize this. Anything I spend office-related goes in here, including uh, adding machine, laptop, anything like that that I use in doing office work goes in there. Obviously, paper and pencil and, you know, any, anything that you use in the, in the office. And your office can be your truck, but doing clerical or office-type expenses would all go there. As opposed to truck operating supplies, there would be things that you use to operate the truck gloves, you know, things like that, that you buy to, to, to operate the truck. Um, postage and freight, you guys might not have that much of that. You know, we, we ship a lot of stuff, so it's, it's kind of big for us, but if you're paying your bills and you buy stamps, it goes in here. You know, if you pay to ship something, it goes in there. Don't confuse that freight with what you haul. That's not what this is. Outside services, anything that you pay somebody else to do. I'll give an example. Every time we buy a truck, we get it lettered. Well, I don't, I'm not in the lettering business. I pay somebody to do that. So that's an outside service for me. Okay. Uh, we rent a storage building for stuff. That's an outside service for us. You know, we don't do that. So anything you're paying somebody else to do, um, that could be, get going here. And look, guys, there's no right or wrong here. Okay. You don't, if you want to change this to something else, that that's fine. It's uh, the idea here is you got to have these different departments so that all these expenses are categorized where they make sense. The next one could be a big one, communications. Uh, your cell phone, your cell phone data plan, your ELD and the airtime. Uh, if you have a pre-pass transponder, if you have a satellite radio, 
Um, in our case, we transfer all of our documents. And then we have this thing called Landstar Communication Network. All those things are basically communications. <clears throat> so they would all go in here and they would all add up and they would uh, be combined into this communications line. So, um, and then lodging, if you don't stay in the truck, if you stay in a hotel, uh, that's where you want to track that. Showers. If you pay for a shower and you want to keep up with how much you're paying for showers every, every year. I mean, I know most of you probably get them off of your fuel card, but if for some reason you paid for one, there's a place to put it. If you're renting a car or you're putting somebody on a bus or a plane, there's where it goes. If you do um, your DOT physicals and your drug tests, there's a place to track those. Laundry uniforms. If you, know, if, you, if you wear clothes while you're driving your truck and you want to deduct that as a uniform, that's where it goes. Okay. Doing your laundry on the road, if it's something that you have to wear, that for the most part can be tax deductible. Training and seminars. If you come to our event or you're, you'll do anything that's in, that, that uh, is part of training, um, that can, that's all again, tax deductible. Um, now the next one's going to be a real big one. Uh, $64 are maintenance. So we've got them broken down. I've got these broken down into different categories and I'll tell you why, <clears throat> because I like to track maintenance based on what, you know, the, how long it lasts. I'll give an example. I'm only going to buy tires for a truck every two or three years. That's not really considered routine in my mind. Routine is something that lasts less than a year. Uh, major. Majors like a transmission overhaul or an engine overhaul or something that you're only going to do every few years. Um, we track miles, uh, fuel mileage modifications, what we spend to improve fuel mileage, um, OPS, um, you know, a fast system, things like that, that we do to improve fuel mileage. We just track that separately. Truck washes, um, again, tires, you're only going to buy those every two or three years. So that's not going to be part of our routine. Towing obviously is not routine. And then we keep the APU separate because I like for people to see what an APU uh, costs them to operate. So there's all the different types of maintenance that you're going to run into. And when you're trying to figure out what your cost per mile is for maintenance, now you can look and see, okay, well, my routine maintenance is, was this. And at the end of the year, you'll have a number there. And at the end of two or three years, you'll have an average that you can go back to. You know, we, we have, we have 12, 13 years worth of, worth of numbers. So when I tell you that our routine maintenance average is 15 cents a month, it's based on years of, of numbers, yours will get more accurate the longer you do it, you know? Uh, but now you can look up here and go, you know what? I'm spending 20 cents a mile for maintenance or what? This way you'll really, you can, you can actually figure out and, and, and imperialize what you're actually spending as opposed to just guessing at it or thinking what you're, what you're doing. Um, right on down to truck washes and, and what your APUs cost you. So the more you break it out, the more detailed you can look at it. Legal and accounting. If you do your accounting every year, that's an expense. If you get any legal advice, if you go take that lease purchase to a lawyer before you sign it, that's an expense. Okay. Divorcing your wife doesn't count here. Okay. Has to be business related. <clears throat> Next one, Chris, is insurance. We've got this broken down into bobtail or what's called un, uh, un, uh, non-trucking liability, um, OCAC or workers' comp, physical damage, cargo liability for you guys that have your own authority, enhanced coverage. That would be like on your, on your uh, physical damage if you're also covering your contents or 
the extra pay to, for a, for a rental or for hotels or whatever. That's called enhanced coverage, usually separate premium. And then your health insurance as the owner of the company is also deductible. So you can track all those expenses there, okay? Uh, if you've got a warranty, if, you, if you're paying for a mechanical breakdown warranty, that's an expense. We're going to track it right there. And then next is going to be payroll. Now, I need to make sure you understand the difference between payroll and a dividend, okay? This is if you're actually paying yourself a paycheck every week. That's what payroll is. It's not the same as dividends. That's a different story. We won't get to that tonight, but that's not what goes here. If you're, a, if you're a, uh, an LLC subchapter S, you have to pay yourself a payroll. That's where it's going to go. If you're paying your wife to do clerical work or your kids to wash your truck, that's where this goes, okay? Um, but this is for, uh, for actual things that you're paying people to do, not, not profits or, or dividends from the company. As the business owner, you obviously know you have a per diem deduction there, $66 for every day you're away from your home. Um, this is actually going to be a negative expense. Okay, Now, for me, it's an expense because I pass it on to my drivers, and so it ends up being an expense for me. For you, it's not going to be. It's going to be a pretty big negative right there, which is actually going to end up being a, a profit for you out of that account. But that's okay. Negative uh, uh, expenses are, 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 is our income. It's positive. It's fine. Uh, if you keep an office in home, a legitimate office in home, whatever percentage of the floor space that you're using for that office exclusively becomes deductible. So what is, let's say you're using 10% of your house. Well, then 10% of your mortgage insurance is deductible, 10% of your utilities, 10% of your property insurance, 10% of your real estate tax is all an expense uh, for your office and home. But now I understand it has to meet the IRS guidelines, which means you can't have workout equipment in there. You can't have TVs and man caves in there. It's got to be an office. It's got to look like an office, okay? Exclusive use. Uh, if you're using a vehicle besides your truck for your business, that's deductible. If you get in the car when you go home and go buy supplies or whatever, you track those miles and uh, you can deduct the fuel, the maintenance, and the insurance, or you can deduct the mileage, one or the other. Can't do both. So you either have to keep a diary of the miles or you keep the actual expenses. Either way, it could go here. And then uh, the next one are taxes and licenses. Everybody pays the federal heavy use tax every year, 550 bucks. Uh, your base plates, your permits, anything else that goes in there that you're paying taxes on, not counting fuel tax, that's got its own place up there with fuel, is going to go here. Depreciation, your accountant's going to give you this. If you're buying your truck, not leasing it, you're going to be able to take a depreciation deduction, and you're not going to probably figure that. That's probably going to be handed to you. But that's where it's going to go. Your accountant's going to love to know that you got an accounting uh, account already set up for it, and that expense is going to be entered in there at the end of the year. You're probably not going to do that yourself, okay? Fines and penalties, okay? Speeding tickets, parking someplace where you're not supposed to be, and you get booted. All those things go out here. By the way, fines and penalties are not deductible. Not deductible. So this expense will not be a tax deduction. Okay? It's an expense. We're still going to account for it, but it's not a tax deduction. And one of the last ones here is interest expense. Now, in our case, we have the ability to get a loan from, from Landstar. Well, the interest on that goes there. Uh, if you get a loan from the bank, the interest will go there. If you're using credit cards, 
the interest on your credit cards are going to go in there. Anybody, anybody you're paying interest to uh, can go in this account, okay? And finally, if you're paying a claim, um, you know, if you've damaged freight or whatever, then that expense would go there. So now that's all the accounts. That's all the chart of accounts. So if you guys will, will, will download this and then... When we, uh, w- when you're, if you want to use QuickBooks, you're going to have to look at either the the QuickBooks Plus. Let's see, I think I've got it in my screen right here. Um, let's see here, it's not that one. Uh, here, uh, well, I don't have it in front of me. It's it's QuickBooks Plus or QuickBooks Advantage Advanced. Those are the two that you're going to need to use in order to be able to put your own chart of accounts in. If you don't use those, you have to use the chart of accounts that are already set up and they're not near what you want to have. I can just say right now, you don't want to do that. The, um, the advanced is like 90 bucks a month online, cloud-based. The plus is like 44 bucks a month. And then that's, you don't need the, the advanced is probably, probably not what you need anyway. So I would go with the plus. Now, again, I compared it to ATBS. I looked up ATBS's uh, uh, prices today. And for their comparable thing, you're paying 44, 49 a week. To have them do it. So by you teaching yourself how to do this, number one, you're getting the benefit from all the information immediately, because as I understand it, ATBS doesn't get it back to you very quickly. And even if they do, it comes in an envelope and you just throw it you know, on the shelf and you give it mm-hmm. to your account at the end of the, way, end of the year. Here, believe me, I tell you this, when you enter your own numbers into your own accounting system, those numbers mean something to you. you it yep. starts making you aware of what your, where your money's going. I used a story we uh, from a couple of years ago where our tolls to me looked like they were getting out of hand. And so we started looking at the numbers and shoot, if it had continued on, on it, on the route it was on, we were going to spend over $40,000 in tolls for seven or eight trucks. So we clamped down on it. We talked to our drivers about, you know, all the things, but I had, I not been putting the numbers in, I would never have caught that as it turned out, the whole year we did was 20 grand, you know, as opposed to 40. So uh, understanding that you putting these numbers in here is going to make you much more aware of where your money's going. You're going to be a much better business person by tracking your own expenses as opposed to letting somebody else do it for you. And you'll notice if it's off. A, a girl in a cubicle, she it's just numbers to her. She has no idea. If she's making a data enter mistake, she'll never catch it. You'll see, hey, that looks way out of line. I, I shouldn't be that. Mm-hmm. You can go back and correct it. So for tonight, chart of accounts, you guys go download it um, and then start getting it into your next week. We'll, I'll demo the, uh, the QuickBooks Plus and I'll have the chart of accounts in there and I'll show you how to do it. And we'll just take it one step at a time. So it's going to go very, very, very slow here so you guys can understand exactly how to do this. So we got any questions real quick we need to talk about? No, Chrissy, you I think. Have you watched uh, any questions? No, I think I've, I've watched. There's nothing really um, I wanted that I answered. Okay. Well, it's been an hour and 52 minutes, and uh, I'm really tired. And uh, I've got two more days of working on trucks, so I'm ready to shut this down. We will be back with you next Friday. Check the calendar. Where'd the calendar go? Uh, yeah, yeah, next Friday. Yeah. Yep, we will be back with you next Friday at 8 o'clock. Uh, so until then, everyone be safe and be profitable, and we'll talk to you next time.